Good afternoon and welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Eurofolk Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Wednesday, August 25th, 2021, Year of Insanity. And we're just plugging along through all this stuff, looking at everything as it goes along, and it's getting crazier and crazier as the time goes by. Anyway, uh, where was I? I lost track, and I can't even remember what I'm doing here. <laughs> anyway, this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. In my opinion, the doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. Now, I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health, and when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing it's missing is the raw materials, and when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now, you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there. If you have any questions about anything, hit the contact me button. <coughs> Sorry about that. Goober's in the throat. And uh, uh, hit the contact me button. That gives you the option to call and leave a message or uh, sending an email. Either way, we'll get back with you as quick as we can, usually within a few hours. And we'll do everything we can to get your questions answered and get you on the right track. Also, while you're on the site, be sure and hit the radio shows tab. At the top of the page, you'll see the link to the archive page set up through castbox.fm. i got over 600 shows up there now, and they're all annotated as to what we talked about and all that good stuff. They're shareable via email and social media, which we encourage you to do, and just have fun with it. Also, uh, if you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information about the shows we do, when they're on, and how you listen. And then at the bottom of the page is the link to the Facebook page set up for the show, which unfortunately is kind of stagnant right now because I'm in Facebook jail uh, for my sixth uh, consecutive 30-day term. Well, with a couple of days out for good behavior or bad behavior. I don't know what you put it. But uh, I probably in the next uh, week to week and a half or so, I should get out and I'll probably post something truthful and I'll get stuck right back in again. But it is what it is. I encourage you to, instead to go to Gab or uh, MeWe. Look for me there. And if you, the big place is um, uh, Telegram, where I have my own channel, Your DIY Health. Uh, you can sign, you can click on it and join the channel. Uh, post stuff there constantly. Uh, there's all kinds of things up there. Everything we talk about on the show, if I can, I put there. As well as every day after the show, I put the replay link. So that's a good way to get it. If you missed the show during the day, just click on uh, uh, Telegram. You can see all the stuff and get the replay. So anyway, uh, 
that's pretty much it for the the main stuff. Just keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on the show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Eurofolk Radio Network, its owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say on the show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping-off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. Number to call into the show is 614-426-8787. 614-426-8787. One last time, 614-426-8787. Or if you're on Skype, you can send a contact request to Sarge45ACP. That's S-A-R-G-E, and the number is 45, and the letters A-C-P is in Paul. Mention your listener, we'll get you approved, and then you'll be able to call in via Skype in excellent audio quality. And also, you can also uh, get on the Jitsi platform. The link to that is on my radio shows page uh, on the yourdiyhealth.com. Uh, it's very simple to do. And you can also download the app for your smartphone from either the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And if you do that, just plug in PPN Studio, and you'll be there. That'll give you the chance to chat with people as well as um, listen to the show and call or talk and all that good stuff. Anyway, I'm just cleaning things up here on the screen, getting things set, and we will sally forth. Now, yesterday, one of the big news features was the alleged <laughs> FDA approval of the Pfizer COVID-19 injection. And uh, I mentioned on, on this show after receiving a copy of the documentation, the letter from Pfizer, uh, or letter to Pfizer from the FDA, that, um, in effect, they didn't really uh, approve the thing. Basically, what they did, and I, I had to read it over again last night, because when I checked Stu Peter's show uh, yesterday afternoon or evening, he was saying that whatever people are saying, it was approved. I said, hmm. And then this morning I saw on, uh, what's his name, um, oh, good grief, Greg, Greg Hunter, that uh, it wasn't. <laughs> and on Natural News, they're saying it wasn't. And I had to, last night, I, I started looking over a lot more closely just to make sure that what I, I want to make sure I'm giving out the correct information. Uh, if I made a mistake, I will clear it up. And uh, here's basically, this is actually from the EU or from the letter uh, that Pfizer sent to, uh, or excuse me, that the Food and Drug Administration sent to Ms. Harkins, uh, Alyssa Harkins of Pfizer. And basically, it's on page two. It says, on August 23rd, 2021, the FDA approved the biologics license application submitted by BioNTech manufacturing GmbH for community COVID-19, well, they call it vaccine injection, mRNA, for active immunization to prevent COVID-19 caused by SARS-CoV-2 in individuals 16 years of age and older. Okay, so they approved something. Question is, what was it? Comirnaty is the new name for the Pfizer injection. However, what they are producing under that name does not exist yet. And with the FDA, if it's labeled one way, it has to be dealt with that way. And they're approving something that probably won't be available um, in the U.S. for probably another two years. Probably 2023 is what most people are saying. 
So on August, uh, next paragraph, on August 23, uh, 2021, having concluded that the revising, uh, this, that revising this EUA is appropriate to protect the public health and safety under Section 564G2 of the Act, FDA is reissuing the August 12th letter of authorization in its entirety with revisions incorporated to clarify that the emergency use authorization will remain in place for the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 injection for the previously authorized indication and uses and to authorize use of community COVID-19 ex, uh, injection mRNA under this EUA for certain uses that are not included in the approval or the, the approved uh, BLA, which again is the biologics license application. So again, they're, they're extending and revising the EUA for the, vi for the Pfizer jab that is currently available. And they're also authorizing the use of the community jab, which doesn't exist yet, for the same thing and for some other purposes that are not included in the uh, BLA. And what that is, is most likely for people uh, 12 to 15 years of age, okay? So the approval is for something that doesn't even exist. The catch is that according to Pfizer's documentation and the information in this letter, the community injection and the Pfizer jab that we currently have available are one and the same. They're interchangeable. However, the labeling is different. So what you're getting right now is the Pfizer BioNTech, and it's some got some like BL six one sixteen twenty one six two two or some. It's got some number attached to it, and that's the official thing that is authorized under the emergency use authorization only. It is not covered under the approval that was given for community that doesn't exist yet. So there was an approval granted, but it's for something that doesn't exist, but it's the same as what is already there. <laughs> so you see the smoke and mirrors, the kind of uh, thing they're trying to pull here. Technically, what is available is still operating under the emergency use authorization only. And that's all there is to it. There's no approval for anything that is currently available. Simple as that. And... That's what you have to go with if you're dealing with people like employers who are trying to force you to take a shot now that it's got full approval. You say, hold on here. Here's the letter. What they approve doesn't even exist. And it won't exist for a couple of years. So that's basically where you have to go. And at least that's my uh, what I got from looking this thing over again. And uh, I'm looking here, FDA, and this is on Natural News, FDA fraudulently grants approval to community uh, COVID vaccine, skipping stage three trials and ignoring data on injuries and death. Of course, <laughs> they always do. It says the uh, U.S. Food and Drug Administration, FDA, has announced its approval for the Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 alleged vaccine uh, bioweapon, which will now be marketed under the name community. This is not the same as the Pfizer vaccine, which, is the, which the media is widely reporting as having received full approval. And they have a, a complete other article that goes into that, uh, which basically covers what I just covered. 
All individuals 16 years of age and older now qualify for injection with the experimental jab from Pfizer-BioNTech, which contains mRNA gene therapy chemicals that do not prevent disease. This means it is not a true vaccine, but rather helps to immunize, uh, minimize symptoms, supposedly. And that's something that, you know, when you look at the letter from the FDA, um, one of the primary uh, reasons they approve this thing is, let me see if I can find the wording. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, criteria for issuance and authorization, section I. I have concluded that the emergency use of Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine for the prevention of COVID-19. <laughs> prevention. It does not prevent. When administered as described in the scope of authorization, section 2, meets the criteria for issuance of an authorization under section 564C, which is emergency use, I believe. Uh, and... Because, A, SARS-CoV-2 can cause a serious or life-threatening disease or condition, including severe respiratory illness, to humans infected by this virus. Hardly. About less than 1% of the population can, can basically comply or fit into this first peg. Um, because for most people that don't have uh, comorbidities, it's a nothing burger. It's less than the seasonal flu. So there's line number one. B, based on the totality of scientific evidence available to the FDA, which I'm sure is not true because I'm sure they got all the data. They're just not looking at it. They shuffled that off, stuck it in another pile under somebody's uh, Christmas list or something, and it's not there to be seen. It is reasonable to believe that the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 injection may be effective in preventing COVID-19. There is no proof anywhere that it's effective in preventing COVID-19. And the Pfizer documentation says the only reason they put it together was to minimize symptoms. That's it. They, in their own documentation, we don't plan on stopping it. We don't plan on keeping it from spreading. All we do is keep you from having bad, bad, bad symptoms. That's it. So there's another lie. And that when used under the conditions described in this authorization, the known and potential risks or benefits of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 injection when used to prevent COVID-19, which it doesn't, outweigh the known and potential risks. Bull crap. You know, they know at this point just from two, two of the 11 reporting systems out there, we've got 50-some thousand people who have died within three days of taking these jabs. That's almost twice as many people have actually died from COVID. And then we have the, another uh, whistleblower that Sherry Tenpenny has, is aware of, who is saying that by based on another apparent uh, reporting system, they're saying 200,000 people have died. So there is no question that these things are deadly and definitely far outweigh any potential benefits. So there's another huge lie. And C. There is no adequate, approved, and available alternative to, emergency, to the emergency use of the BioNTech COVID-19 injection to prevent COVID-19, which, again, huge lie. You know, granted, they may not be approved. You know, I just posted a thing this morning on my uh, Telegram channel that uh, one of my listeners had, you know, sent or put, put, on, my, put on his 
that basically, and I just put it in there just for the fun of it, the kind of crap that they're trying to use to scare people. The FDA actually now has on their website a page that's dedicated to why you should not use ivermectin to treat or prevent COVID-19. And of course, on the left, they have two pictures. On the left-hand side is somebody, looks like a nurse, in scrubs with a stethoscope around her neck, and she's hugging a horse. <laughs> and on the other side is a apparent doctor uh, with his face diaper on in a, in a clinical environment with a uh, patient with a face diaper on uh, doing an examination. So it's the kind of propaganda that they're putting out there now because they know people are using this stuff and having great results. You know, am I uh, recommending people do it? No, but I'll tell you that if I had COVID, I would use it. I know people who have used it. I've had people on this show who have used it and had wonderful results. And it's basically the same thing that you get in the human preparations, but they have, the FDA has not approved ivermectin for use to treat COVID-19 because if they did they would not have an excuse to roll out these fraudulent Fauci sticks that kill people because the only way you can get an emergency use authorization is to have no other alternative method of treatment that's why they had to shoot down all the things that really work have no side effects and are inexpensive so the FDA and Fauci and Gates could make money and kill people uh, willy-nilly at will so anyway <laughs> everything that this letter is based on is total bs and i encourage people you know if you work for somebody that is uh trying to push this junk um you know like i said i, I when i first saw the Stu peters thing last night i had to do a double take because he was very adamant in the fact that these things have been approved and i said wait a minute you know, that's not what I'm reading. And I don't know. He's got this uh, alleged Dr. Jane Ruby, who I've, they call her Jane, Dr. Jane Ruby, but the only thing I've ever heard her call herself is a nurse practitioner. She seems to be pretty uh, knowledgeable of most things, and, you know, I'm not faulting her in any way. I'm not sure what is causing Stu to say that this has been approved because, according to this document I've got in front of me, it hasn't. The only thing that's been approved is something that doesn't even exist yet, even though it's the same uh, basic, you know, ingredients. It's, you know, they're, they're, they're just going to start taking the stuff that they're putting in one vial now and put it in the new community vial, uh, but they can't do that until they've done all the tests and stuff. So the FDA is not giving full approval to something that hasn't been uh, supposedly run through all the testing, which is what we have here. The other thing is, is while it has emergency use authorization, it's covered under the liability protection. So in other words, while it's being EUA injected, Pfizer's covered for liability. They can't be sued. When it is approved and it comes out, that, that liability protection goes away. The only way it will stay is if they manage to put that community vaccine on the CDC-recommended uh, list of injections for student or children. And otherwise, it's not covered under the 1968 uh, law, and anybody that's harmed by it can sue Pfizer. So they're not going to want to do that, and that gives them time to try and get, uh, get it listed on the uh, childhood vaccine schedule 
and at the same time they can make billions and kill people with the current one because they you know most people are led to believe that it's been given full approval which it hasn't so anyway that's kind of where uh after a double take and looking at this stuff even closer you know i'm still under the opinion that the actual pfizer jab did not get approval you know especially when you get to the the very end of the document it says duration of authorization for this eua will be effective until the declaration that circumstances exist justifying the use of authorization of the emergency use of drugs and biological products during the covid-19 pandemic is terminated under section 564b2 of the act of the eua or or the eua is revoked under section 564g of the act which i don't even know what that is but basically we're still talking emergency use authorization uh, the only time they talk about approval is for the community drug, which doesn't even exist yet. Even though when it does come out, it's going to be the same uh, formula as the current one. There, are, There is the difference that one is tested, one is not, is what it boils down to. So as much as I like Stu Peters, I have to differ with him here and say that effectively the Pfizer shot has not been approved. Uh, it only looks that way and is being reported as such by all of the uh, lamestream media, which is a shame, and more than a shame, is criminal. Because as soon as that happened, the military immediately said, okay, now all military personnel have to get the injection, and you can bet that there's a whole bunch of other idiots out there, business owners and whatnot, that are going to do the same thing, and people have to stand their ground. Simple as that. Uh, let's see here. It says all individuals 16 years of age and older now qualify. The agency has also indicated that the Pfizer injection continues to be available under emergency use authorization, which includes individuals 12 to 15. And that was the other thing. The approval is for 16 and above, and they want to cover as many people as possible, even though the people in the, the lower age ranges have virtually no need for anything there's there's not been a single person under 18 documented to die from covid the only kids that have died all had comorbidities like leukemia obesity and all kinds of other things were circling the drain even they were they had deadly diseases that is what killed them they just tested positive from a pcr test whether they actually had symptoms or not is unknown but there's no documented case where someone under the age of 18 has died from COVID. So there's no reason whatsoever for these kids to be going through the, the kind of crap they're going through uh, between the, the injections, the, the parents that don't know what's going on, and they're signing them up for these trials. Um, look at what happened in Australia. Uh, they had a place that they had set up where they were bringing these 24,000 school-age kids to give them the vaccines with or without parents' approval, and uh, at least four of them died. They're flopping around like beach mackerels, and all of a sudden the others are deciding, hey, I don't think I want to do this. And I saw a video where one kid was screaming and scrambling, trying to get away from him, and these police officers and everything were trying to grab him and pull him back to stick him. I said, I don't think so. You know, that kind of stuff is absolutely criminal. And uh, if you don't think it can happen here, I don't know what you're smoking, but uh, 
uh, come back to a stage of reality for a little bit. Anyway, continuing on here, it says a letter from the FDA explains that the Department of Health and Human Services issued license number 2229 to BioNTech, a German pharmaceutical giant who manufacture and sell its community injections in the United States with a agency approval. Community injections are not yet being manufactured or produced in the United States. Under this license, you are authorized to manufacture the product COVID-19 vaccine mRNA, which is indicated for active immunization to prevent coronavirus disease 2019, which again is BS. It does not prevent it. It's proven it doesn't prevent it. Doesn't prevent you from getting it. Doesn't prevent you from spreading it. And I don't think it prevents the, uh, you know, the bad symptoms either. I think the whole thing is it's just there to kill you. Anyway, caused by a se uh, severe acute respiratory syndrome, coronavirus 2, or SARS-CoV-2, in individuals 16 years of age and older. The letter goes on to explain the released package insert, and that's the other thing. An approved drug has to have a package insert. And so far from what I'm hearing, if you go to the pharmacy and sign up for one of those shots, is oh, by the way, before you stick me, I want to see the package insert. They hand you one, and it's blank. <laughs> So that, uh, that tells you a whole lot. They don't have anything on there. There's nothing about the potential uh, ramifications of taking the thing, no contraindications, no uh, ingredients, no nothing. And that's something else that prohibits them from giving full approval to these Pfizer shots. Anyway, the release package insert for the drug explains that the, each dose contains 30 micrograms of a nucleoside modified messenger RNA encoding the viral spike glycoprotein of SARS-CoV-2, which has never been isolated, by the way. Each injection vial also contains the following ingredients. And boy, I'll tell you what, this is going to be fun here. 0.4 milligrams of 4-hydroxylbutyl azinodial bishexane 61-dial bis 2-hexaldecanoate <laughs> 0 0.05 milligrams of 2-polyethylene glycol 2000 and and ditetracyclocetamide 0 0.09 milligrams of 1,2-disteryl SN glycol anyway, a whole bunch of stuff that is just next to, who knows? I mean, these chemicals are unbelievable. And why do they need to be injected into you? <laughs> anyway, COVID MRA injections deliver spike proteins directly into healthy cells. The newly released package insert further explains that the nucleoside modified mRNA in community is formulated in lipo lipid particles, which enable delivery of the mRNA into host cells to allow expression of the SARS-CoV-2-S antigen. In other words, it's going to start turning you into a production factory for the spike proteins, and then hopefully you'll maybe make antigens against it. Who knows? But anyway, that just goes on and on. But uh, the bottom line is these things were not given full approval like they are alleging, and it is a dangerous, dangerous drug. So just for the fun of it, let's take a look at what the FDA says about ivermectin. <laughs> oh, my goodness. COVID-19, we've been living with it for what sometimes seems like forever. Given the number of deaths that have occurred from the disease, and more from the shots, 
it's perhaps not surprising that some consumers are looking at unconventional treatments not approved or authorized by the Food and Drug Administration. And first off, if anybody thinks that food and drug FDA approval of something is a good thing, keep in mind that the only thing they approve is stuff that kills you. Keep that in mind. (laughs) And then we'll go from there. Though this is understandable, please beware. The FDA's job is to carefully evaluate the scientific data of a drug to be sure that it is both safe and effective. Yeah, they're screwing the pooch on that one with these shots for a particular use, and then to decide whether or not to approve it. Using any treatment for COVID-19 that's not approved or authorized by the FDA unless part of a clinical trial can cause serious harm. Oh yeah, boy, they're just, they're really trying to scare the living crap out of people. There seems to be a growing interest in a drug called ivermectin to treat humans with COVID-19. Ivermectin is often used in the U.S. to treat or prevent parasites in animals. And people, by the way, there, there is human-approved COVID, uh, ivermectin. The FDA has received multiple reports of patients who have required medical support and been hospitalized after self-medicating with ivermectin intended for horses. Yeah, but it not wasn't because the horse was, you know, the, the ivermectin was a problem. It was because he did it too late or didn't use enough, and then, then the disease got to him. Anyway, here's what you need to know about ivermectin. The FDA has not approved ivermectin for use in treating or preventing COVID-19 in humans, although the people that really know what's going on, the uh, Dr. Pierre Corey and his group, I can't remember the name of them, um, have done tons and tons of studies, and Dr. Corey is so adamant about this stuff. He says, if you take ivermectin, you will not get COVID, period, You know, if you take it prophylactically. Now, he's talking about the uh, the human approved drug that the doctors have access to and they're they've been fighting like crazy to get the fda to approve it but they won't because then they couldn't have eua's for all these stupid injections that are killing people you know the whole thing the federal death administration is all about killing you know helping to kill people they only approve what kills you and don't worry you know if they're attacking something that only means that people have found something that works and of course now they have to come out here and poo-poo it so more people don't do the same thing and use it and there are people out there that just because there's something on the fda website about it they'll be scared oh if the fda doesn't approve it you know i can remember when i first started doing the longevity stuff i had people are these fda approved i said well the fda doesn't approve nutritional supplements it's not in their bailiwick it's food and drug administration these are not drugs and they're not food per se. You know, technically ours can be, but, um, you know, they're not what the can traditional food. But anyway, it's just crazy the things that, you know, people put faith in. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's some real dumb, dumb people out there. Anyway, ooh, Thomas Rents is launching uh, whistleblower attorney. Tom Rents is launching weekly pr- uh, on TV show. Cool. That ought to be interesting. Study finds lockdowns lowers IQs in children and causes mental health issues. And this is something people have been talking about for a long time. Everything that, I mean, what the, what the children are going through right now is just unconscionable. You know, in, especially in little kids, in infants and uh, very, very young toddler and slightly above before kindergarten. You know, when 
those children look, they have to see the facial, facial expressions, the, um, all the different things that go on watching people is how they learn. And when they can't see the mouth, they can't see people's expressions, the smiling and things like that, these children are just not developing properly. And, of course, being in lockdown, it's going to affect everything. Uh, right now, the number one cause of death of, of people under 24, I think, is suicide. And that's pretty sick. I mean, that should never be the case, but it is. And, you know, we have Fauci and company to thank for it. Not the Vax police. Restaurant owners are refusing to ask diners for proof of vaccination. Good for them. You know, that's the thing, uh, especially like what's going on in New York City right now. I mean, they have been through the ringer. They've gone through hell with all the stupid stuff over the last year and a half. And now that they're just getting open and starting to get things, you know, maybe back on track, they're hurting because they don't have enough employees and everything else. And now these idiots like, you know, what's his name, de Blasio in New York City, is coming out with his NYC pass or whatever it is. And basically, it's an unfunded mandate. And we've been through this stuff over and over and over again, where government has no right to pri tell private business, you have to do this. And, you know, they have to basically employ someone else just for the purpose of checking IDs and these so-called COVID whatever passports at the door in order to let them in to eat. And they're going to lose business as a result of that. That's one, you know, it's another, you know, charge that they have to, you know, consider when they're figuring all their expenses. Plus, when it's hard enough to get help as it is, you want those people to be in the kitchen cooking, washing dishes, serving, you know, wow. you know, taking stuff to tables and all that. So all the rest of the stuff that's going on is just absolute insanity. And the, these businesses need to stand up and say, not no, but heck no, we ain't doing it. And, uh, it, it just, it's nuts. But anyway, many public and private entities have mandated uh, to their customers to present proof of Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 injection. However, several restaurant owners have refused to assume the role of vaccine police by implementing such mandates. Restaurant owners said the vaccine mandates and added another burden to an industry already hard hit by the COVID-19 pandemic. Major cities in the U.S., such as Seattle, Los Angeles, France, San Francisco, and New York City, ordered restaurant owners and employees to check if their patrons are fully vaccinated against COVID-19. You know, what makes these people think they have the right to order these individuals to do anything? Well, we know if we listen to Roger's show, but the vast public, it's like, no, we ain't doing it. <laughs> However, many slammed the vaccine mandates by saying they only hurt business even more. Other entrepreneurs said they received accusations of infringement of personal rights and discrimination against unvaccinated customers. Exactly. You know, and that's something that unfortunately the, the governments are trying to, again, do a divide and conquer. They're trying to play us against them. In this case, the individual, you know, patrons and the business owners. You know, my wife yesterday asked me if I could go to Costco today to pick up some medication for our horse who's got this problem with her eye. I said, well, they won't let me in because I, I stopped going there again a couple of weeks ago when I heard that 
Costco is requiring face diapers on everybody again. Well, they aren't doing that. I said, really? <laughs> Apparently, it was an announcement that was made over, you know, overall, but I guess depending on the area you are, since Ohio has gotten rid of their mandates, they haven't uh, continued them at, the, at Costco. So I went over there this morning, walked in, got the stuff, and walked out. No problem. So, good. But anyway, um, yeah, it's it's crazy because a lot of places, you know, if someone's going to be that way, if they flat won't let you in, I'm just not going to give them my money. So anyway, restaurateur Massimo Felici was among business owners who expressed concern over the new requirements. He told the BBC that business was not happening at all. For 15 to 16 months at his three restaurants on in Staten Island, borough of New York City. In one restaurant, I had to get rid of 80% of my staff. We barely survived. I thought I was definitely going to lose my restaurants, Felici said. While uh, business in Felici's restaurant subsequently bounced back, New York City's order to enforce COVID-19 vaccine mandate posed a serious challenge to the restaurant owner. This could destroy my business. There are too many people who are not uh, who are unvaccinated, Felici said. He continued, right now it's summer, so it's uh, not too bad to eat outside, but soon we'll be, it'll be really cold, and people will be going to get fed up and leave. So, yep, it's getting crazy. So, anyway, I just want to see if anybody in the, in either in Jitsi or out there listening in, have any questions, comments, anything they want to particularly talk about? You know, like I said, I would rather have a discussion amongst ourselves with, you know, things you guys are definitely interested in than to sit here and just, you know, you know, spout stuff for two hours. So, you know, if anybody wants to chime in, feel free. And uh, I'm going to take a second here to uh, plug tomorrow. We'll have Mike Gaddy. And if all goes well, we're going to be looking, where did it go? Um, shoot, I can't remember where I had that link. But, it, oh, there it is, the National Assembly. Uh, this is something that uh, Dave and the Thumb brought up. Um, and uh, we're, I asked Mike to take a look at it. I am hoping uh, after the show today and this evening to do some more digging into it. I haven't had a chance to do a lot of uh, research yet. Uh, but I'm hoping that Mike has, and we're going to kind of discuss this. So hopefully Dave will be here uh, tomorrow to help us. I see he's here today. So if uh, Dave, if you want to give us a little rundown on what the National Assembly is and what they are doing, uh, that would be wonderful. Uh, just kind of as a prelude to what we're going to hopefully be talking about tomorrow. Um, that would be awesome. And uh, also, uh, I encourage people to check out, uh, if, you, if you're not familiar with Mike, you need to listen to tomorrow's show. I mean, that guy is absolutely phenomenal when it comes to the history of the founding of this country and the Constitution. Um, his, uh, he's got two shows that he does on uh, uh, freedomslips.com, which is Revolution Radio. On Fridays uh, from noon to 2, he has uh, Dare to Think Out Loud, and, uh, and that's from Eastern Time. And on Sunday evenings from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, he has Addicted to Our Own Destruction. And both of those are on uh, freedomslips.com uh, uh, Studio A. And they have free ar archives, so if you can't listen to the live show, if you go to the, uh, the website freedomslips.com, 
Um, they have the thing right there for the archives. They even have the username and password right there. Uh, so you can download the files and listen to them at your leisure. That's what I do. I put them on my phone, listen to them while I'm cutting grass or out driving around. And I'll tell you what, Friday's show and Sunday's show are just absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> Can't say it any other way. And our buddy Daryl is on uh, the Sunday show with Mike. And uh, Sunday show was, they were talking about the, um, uh, oh, shoot, um, man, <laughs> the document that preceded the uh, uh, Constitution. It just uh, slipped right out of my head. Uh, um, Articles of Confederation in Perpetual Union. That's it. And uh, just a fantastic show. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, what we gave up to get what we got, <laughs> bad news. We were better off with what we had, I think, with minor adjustments. But anyway, um, tomorrow's show is going to be a goodie. But uh, Dave, like I said, if you want to chime in and give us a quick rundown of what National Assembly is and does, that's fine. Or if anybody else has anything they want to uh, talk about, that is cool too. Um, and if not, if nobody wants to jump in, then I'll just keep going. <laughs> Sarge, yeah. this is Brenda. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to chime in. I had put there in the chat that our local news last night even came on and said, you know, don't be using the ivermectin and, and stuff for animals because it's not the right strength and you would need 50 times more than what this provides to kill the virus. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's not surprising. Uh, They're just lying. Yeah. They're lying yeah. like crazy. I mean, like we say, what they're saying, believe the opposite. Exactly. You know, you know the bottom line and, is, uh, you know, just turn it off because they're never going to tell you the truth. And, right. Uh, but I was also going to say that um, Carl and I actually listened to a video a few days ago from a Dr. Ralph Grams. He was at a Baptist church somewhere. I can't remember exactly where. Um, and he totally gave the rundown and the, the what to use and how much per weight and all. And he's he showed the uh, injectable is what he has his family on um, and a lot of friends. And, um, you know, for for that, he has them. Uh, I think they you know, you do it for uh let's see two cc's for 200 pounds or one cc for 120 pounds and um do it you know one day and then like three or four days later do a second dose and then every two weeks is what his um mm -hmm. you know regiment was now, or either like on the, uh -huh. and okay. the um for the pills is 0.2 um per pound and you know that's about uh taking 12 milligrams or whatever yeah yeah you, know, what I, you need to turn down your whatever you got playing in the background we're getting uh, your, uh, give me a chance to do that because i'm hearing an echo yeah uh the one nice thing about the horse stuff the paste is that the you know it's it's exactly the same dose for people as it is for the horses from everything that I've seen, and the it's like a big plastic syringe and on the plunger it's des designated and you have uh, graduated in different weights up from you know zero up to twelve hundred and fifty pounds, 
and there's a little ring on there that you just dial that thing up to your weight and just you know squeeze the thing and the right amount comes out for your weight and it's the same whether you're giving it to a horse or a human so you know for someone like me one tube of that stuff is six doses roughly and uh right. you know, like i said everybody that i have talked to that have used this stuff uh has had great results you know the only thing is if you're doing it prophylactically uh it doesn't taste like apples <laughs> like it says so apparently a horse's idea of what an apple tastes like and a human's is a little different uh but according to your buddy troy uh, the bimectin product, which is still ivermectin, it's exactly the same stuff, but they have a better flavor. So, mm -hmm. for those that want to use this stuff prophylactically, it would probably be in your best interest to spend a little bit more money and get the bimectin. But for the folks that you know, if you're sick and you know you don't have a taste of smell or, or sense of smell or taste, you know it doesn't make any difference get the stuff that's you know only three dollars a box instead of six dollars a box right uh, and that way you save a little money and get more for your more bang for your mm -hmm. buck but um you know that's the thing you know you you know and, that uh as the old saying you take flack when you're over the target and people yeah. are having good results with the horse products because they work and of course the fda has to immediately come down on it you know, I've even gone into like TSC and Quality Farm and Fleet and places like that, and now they put little warnings uh, in the aisles where that stuff is sold. Oh, don't use this for COVID nineteen. <laughs> yeah, you know, oh, but so. I was gonna say, of course, um, our friend Troy, he's been using the um, injectable now and doing that. And he's just taking it orally. Uh huh. In okay. water, and he said it really doesn't taste at all. Just yeah know occasionally just prophylactically mm -hmm. that way but and i was just going to mention also i actually had had to check in i try not to go ever go to the mds but um to get a, a blood you know some blood work you do a couple times a year mm -hmm. and so the other day i just asked her i said so you know could you give us a script you know just uh prophylactically for ivermectin and she said yeah I can. Wow. So cool. I, yeah, I was surprised, and and her script was um, take four three milligram pills, which is twelve milligrams. Mm -hmm. One, you know, the first day, and then four days later, take four more, and then take take four more once a month instead of every two weeks. Was oh. her. That's so. Cool. I mean, she gave us a script for sixteen pills. Hmm. <laughs> that was all. <laughs> but um yeah so you know she said if if you're really sick you know the the script is different but you know she wouldn't she left the room and didn't say what that was but you know we know you need to take it every day yeah for that for four or five days and for uh for other people that want to get this stuff you know america's frontline doctors will give uh, prescriptions and they actually I don't know if they actually send you the product or not, but they will do the prescription at least. Um, and uh, I'm just mm -hmm. trying to make sure I got the right address here. Yeah, AFLDS.com, and, and we'll get you there. But you can also spell it out, America's AmericasFrontlineDoctors.org is, is what it ultimately will go to. And um, they will do... Uh, uh, 
scripts for for the uh, either ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine and uh, dr sherry tenpenny if you are in ohio only uh, will also write scripts for it she will not do it for anyone outside of ohio because she's not licensed outside ohio but um, and she's got enough <laughs> you know enough people looking at her as it is the last thing we want is for somebody trying to attack her for you know doing something illegal you know the fda come down on her big time but uh, if you're in ohio she will send she'll do scripts you just call her office or go online to uh, i think it's dr and uh, she'll she'll take care of you too but uh, you can also order it from that uh, vet place you know john right. this the link and we've done that yeah from the uk yeah i've got a buddy uh who the, my buddy that came down with COVID, his whole household got it. And when he finally cleared up from it, he basically went overboard. He got, he got ivermectin, he got hydroxychloroquine, he got a uh, nebulizer and budesonide, or budesonide um, the whole shooting match. He's ready to go just in case. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, the chance they probably all have immunity now, so they're probably good to go. But um, anyway. Yeah. And that's what that, um, you know, I've heard a couple of different doctors now in different videos saying, if you've had it, don't let anybody tell you that you don't have immunity right. for life. Yeah. According to, according to Dr. Dan, um, uh, Brian Artis, uh, he was saying that if you had SARS-CoV-1 back in, you know, 20 years ago, they have proven that the T cells your body creates from that illness will easily deal with anything that you come into contact with today and there was a 20 percent difference between that bug and this one the uh yes. the so-called variants are about 0.3 percent difference and they're having hissy fits but you know they're already saying and this is all part of the bs plan to keep people getting these shots as they're saying you know after six months you got to have a booster so you know it's going to be a yearly thing just like the flu shot and anybody that does that's in my opinion just crazy um, you're natural you got a natural immune system that god gave you that works like a charm if you simply support it and um, you know it will develop things and when you have you know like you said you know 18 years ago SARS-CoV-1 and people got the stuff and the, the t-cells and you know the immunity they have for that will, will protect you against COVID-19 so yeah it's definitely uh, you know natural immunity is always better than anything man will come up with and yeah. um, one of the guys in the chat room i'm not sure put in ivermectin pills for humans with no prescription required all day chemist a-l-l-d-a-y-c-h-e-m-i-s-t dot com cool and uh yeah that's good to know yep so and without prescription and mm -hmm. that's 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 a good one to know but uh, appreciate it so yeah i mean What's going on right now is absolutely crazy. And the whole thing is, you know, it's all trumped up. There's no reality to any of it. There's no science that backs anything they do. And thank goodness, more and more people are really starting to get out there and tell the truth, especially at uh, school boards, um, county commission meetings, city council meetings, that kind of stuff. Um, and it's not just... Uh, the regular you know people that are just pissed off 
but it's people in authority. Uh, I just saw one yesterday where I can't remember her name, but uh, I've got a recording. She was on, um, good heavens. I'm not, I think it was one of the shows with, um, Sherry Tenpenny, one of their, their, uh, uh, their their doctors group that uh, does does their regular thing but anyway she is a uh, industrial hygienist which they are the subject matter experts they're the people that actually have the ability and the uh, the qualifications to testify in court on PPE face mask and all that kind of junk and it's very seldom that any of these places have uh, these kind of folks come and testify They'll get all the doctors and nurses and all that stuff who don't have the qualifications to talk about face masks. They're trained by industrial hygienists, and they're the people that actually are able to qual- you know, testify in court. And most of them, because they're working for somebody else, are scared to death to say anything. But there are some, like this lady and a friend of hers, uh, who are all the time out there because they're self-employed. <laughs> You know, and they can they can do it without worrying about getting fired or hassled or anything else. And um, I'm just scrolling through my uh, Telegram feed to see if I can go back and find this real quick, because it was a it was a good uh, testimony. The interesting thing was a video, and it's the first time I've heard her talk before, but I've never seen her. And she is very animated. <laughs> I mean, her arms, if, if, if she's one of those people, if you put, tie her hands up, she wouldn't be able to say a word. <laughs> it was really something to watch her. I mean, she, they were, those arms were going like crazy. If you got in the way, she'd probably knock you out. Jim, are you animated? What's that? Are you animated? Um, actually I'm sitting here with one hand on the cough button and the other one on my trackpad. And they're both just you know, slowly doing things. I'm not, my arms are not flopping around at all. <laughs> you know, the, the extent of my animation is my two fingers are, you know, slowly scrolling across the trackpad. And that's it. Um, good heavens. The one thing I hate is I post so much stuff on here that when I want to find what I'm looking for, I can't. <laughs> hmm. But it is what it is. Um, and and Tenpenny will send out scripts for Ohioans. For Ohio, yeah, they got to be in Ohio. But you you contact your office and they'll they'll set you up for HQ. I believe they're they're primarily doing hydroxychloroquine, but I believe they will die, do ivermectin too. Wow, uh, and That's she's cool. she's talked about um, the protocols for each of them on her. Uh, uh, shows that she does. So yeah, they're. I think they special they special specialize in uh, in hydroxychloroquine, but I think they will do ivermectin as well. And wow. uh, she's got a protocol wow. that covers both of them. That's cool. Yeah, that's her heart. Yep. Wow. She's uh, she's the real deal, and she. I mean, she's rock solid, good folk. But and she's uh, in your backyard. And you can't get her on your show. Well, that's she's great. she's about two hours from me. And the big problem was the last time I tried, it was back, uh, oh man, I can't remember if I'd started this show or not. I was trying to get her on my, um, uh, the one on, uh, as Roger puts it, ex-wife number three, TFR, my Thursday morning show. And we had some sort of a glitch with Skype, which is, imagine that. (laughs) Yeah, imagine that. Yeah, and I couldn't get her on. 
So I talked to her before and afterwards, and it just, you know, we just never got around to rescheduling. And uh, I, I, I honestly hate to bother her at this point because she's, you know, she was doing about 30 or 40 um, presentations a year before all this started. Now she's doing three and 400. So, you know, I, I hate to bug her when I can just find video clips of what she's done with somebody else and play them. But it would be nice to have her on um, if I, you know, if I get around to it, can, if I can make the contact, you know, we'll see what we can do. But like I said, as busy as she is at this point, it's going to be a whole lot more difficult to get her scheduled than it was back then. But uh, I have talked to her and she's a great lady and uh, yeah, yeah. a buddy of mine uh, used to live up there and she was his doctor. Um, and uh, I might, you know, I used him the last time. She made, He made the initial contact for me. And I might get him to do the same thing again. <laughs> but even uh, the last time he called up there, um, he ended up not talking to her. It was one of the staff. And he was kind of bummed about it. But, you know, that's that's what happens when, you know, she's in such high demand right now. Uh, no getting, doubt. Getting her pinned down for a uh, even a, a half-hour interview might be difficult. But... Uh, Probably not out of the realm of possibilities. Just got to give it a shot. But I want to look at something else here. <laughs> School forces ankle monitors on unvaxxed kids. Isn't that something special? Woo. Um, Washington School forcing unvaccinated athletes to wear ankle monitors. Hmm. I'm looking to see if this thing has a video. Um, now there's something going on. My thing won't scroll. Huh. I hate when that happens. I refresh the screen. It should work. There we go. Um, Eatonville, Washington. Eatonville High School was found to be forcing athletic students to wear ankle monitoring bracelets, a parent told the post-millennial. 15-year-old girl sent her... i got to make this bigger. And that, oh man, I hate these pop-ups that show up everywhere. A 15-year-old girl sent her mother a text message from her public school volleyball practice to tell her that she was told to put on the monitor device. The mother, receiving no answer at the school via phone, showed up at practice to determine what was going on. Good for mom. The coach, Gavin Kralik, told the mother that a meeting was held last week to discuss fitting unvaccinated students with ankle monitors for contact tracing purposes in case a student tested positive for COVID-19. The device was identified as a trace tag made by a company called Triax. The, and apparently the purpose of the device is to provide a visual and audible alarm so individuals know when to adjust their current distance to a proper social distance, <laughs> as well as a passive collection of worker interactions for contact tracing should an individual test positive. Good grief. Um, well, that's all there is to it. And they've got a little, it looks like a um, TikTok thing here. Let's see if it plays anything. It's going to another page. <laughs> And it's just showing a picture. Oh, wait a minute. Ah, uh, no, that's just... Huh. That no mother video. needs to pull her kid out of that damn school, what she needs to do. To help that, that's what I keep out. saying all along. You know, if you got kids in public schools, get them out. 
I mean, the, the indoctrination and, that was going on even before this stuff started was unbelievable. But, I yeah. mean, and no matter what, as long as they're in there, they're going to be hit with all kinds of stupid stuff at this point. Um, like that. Yeah, exactly like that. It's crazy. And if enough athletes' parents pull them out, they'll, they'll, that, that rule will go away, I promise you. Oh, guaranteed. The I thing promise. is, even if they pulled them out and, and if they fixed it, I wouldn't take them back. No, no. Public schools are just their cesspools. You know, I've been saying they for are. a number of years, it's just another failed government program. You know, and like all other failed government programs, they need to be scrapped. You know, that's all there is to it. This thing here is kind of cool. Um, at this time when our uh, rights and liberties are under attack, it's important to understand the law and its use to the full extent to protect ourselves. Listen what we really need to consider, though, is, is it truly consent to receive a vaccine in a context where you're not going to be allowed to travel, you're not allowed to go to a store, you're not allowed to go to a cafe unless you get that vaccine? For that, we look at how coercion or pressure from authority figures influences consent. To be legally effective, consent must be freely given. Therefore, even if the complainant consented or her conduct raises a reasonable doubt about her non-consent, circumstances may arise which call into question what factors prompted her apparent consent. The criminal code defines a series of conditions under which the law will deem an absence of consent in cases of assault, notwithstanding the complainant's ostensible or apparent consent or participation. So this goes directly to vaccination. It's if they're saying, well, we didn't take you at gunpoint to the vaccination center, but if you went because of fear that you'd lose your job. So these are enumerated in section 253 sub 3, and they include submission by reason of force, fear, threats, fraud, or the exercise of authority, and codifying the long-standing common law rule that consent given under fear or duress is ineffective. Consent given under fear or duress is not consent. For the purposes of this section, no consent is obtained where the complainant submits or does not resist by reason of A, the application of force to the complainant or to a person other than the complainant, B, threats or fear of the application of force to the complainant or to a person other than the complainant, C, fraud, or D, the exercise of authority. The implementation of a vaccine passport is absolutely the exercise of authority. And if a person receives a vaccine only because of that use of authority and because they want to be able to live a normal life, they did not consent to that medical treatment. And in my view, that is a clear assault. And it's assault that any physician is a party to that takes part in. The Hippocratic Oath requires that physicians do no harm. Assault is harm. So a vaccine passport is absolutely offensive to a free and democratic society. And it is entirely injurious to the sanctity of the individual's person, guaranteed under Section 7 of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And the case law makes clear it's an assault. I think that guy was really well-spoken. <laughs> he did a good job of uh, spe spelling it out. Um, I'm assuming, though, that he's not in the U.S. From that you know, Charter of Rights and Freedoms, I'm guessing from the sound of things, he's probably Canadian. Um, doesn't say on here, but um, what they're... Whoa. <laughs> Cat just went under the thing and was like, I feel like rubbing up against my leg. I said, what's down there? <laughs> Ooh, man. Hey, but, Jim, I, I believe that's what they call that in Canada, right? Yeah, here. that's They're what I was thinking. The, chart. the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I, so I'm, it, and it looks like it. But um, 
you know, the same thing's going to apply everywhere. That's the same, you know, because he's, uh, what he's talking about there is a, is a standard definition that pretty much goes across borders, at least in yep. most industrialized places. But yep. anyway. Did you, did you see that? I don't know. I've been kind of out of the loop here. Just pop back on. Did you see that uh, Skype I sent you, that image? I was researching again. Uh, we're, we're in Kenya. They had found there was an enzyme or something put in these vaccines that would uh, make you women infertile or make them have an abortion or something. And I was curious about that. Well, I came across this uh, article on ResearchGate, actually. And it said in 1993, they were actually, I guess, proposing an actual vaccine for infertility. Kind of went on and it said that, uh, you know, they were investigating using RNA uh, for, you know, I guess as a better cocktail or something, however it was worded. I sent that to you by Skype. And it's just, it's interesting. So we're talking 93 to now and they must have perfected the uh, RNA technology. Well, um who was it? Uh, Dr. Uh, Brian Artis uh, covers that in one of his most recent talks um, that the interesting thing is back in, when was it? Uh, early 2019, or no, it was October, uh, before these uh, injections were even released, the um, FDA got a list of um, potential side effects to watch for that were not put in, in any of the things that went out to the people that were um, administering these injections. So they couldn't, you know, give informed consent to the people taking them. But one of the things they talked about was uh, sterility for women, uh, uh, definite effects on menstrual cycles, even the fact when uh, a woman is pregnant, when uh, she actually yeah. is uh, getting uh, these injections. It causes the uh, baby to, which you know, when when a when a female baby is in uh, gestation, it keeps yeah. them from producing eggs, and the baby is born. You know, she might be oh, born and look apparently you know perfectly normal, but no when eggs. she gets to childbearing age and wants to get pregnant, she can't. Who was the doctor? Doctor Brian Artis. Okay. Um, and I just I, sent you. Yeah, I see it there. That. If we uh, read that first paragraph, it's kind of you. I'll let you read it. Well, I can't scroll on the thing. When I make it big enough to read, I can't see the top oh, part. Okay. <laughs> I, can, I can read it here. It says, "This is a research article." Let's see. I, this is an image, so I t- the the title's chopped off. But it basically says, "In 1993, who announced a birth control vaccine for family planning?" Published. Research shows that by 1976, WHO researchers had conjugated tetanus toxoid, TT for short, with human core, let's see, C-H-O-R-I-O-N-I-C, chorionic gandotropin, so that HCG, I guess, for short, producing a birth control vaccine. Conjugating TT with HCG causes pregnancy hormones to be attacked by the immune system. Oh, isn't that interesting that another immune, you know, autoimmune type uh, disease here. Uh, Expected results are abortions in females already pregnant and or infertility in recipients not yet impregnated. Repeated inoculations prolong infertility. 
currently who researchers are working. Now, listen, guys, are working. This is 1993. Currently, the who researchers are working on a more potent anti-fertility vaccine using recombinant DNA. Isn't that what we're talking about with this uh, vaccine and RNA Along the same messenger? Yeah, there you go. Yep. This is... It's crazy. And they've been experimenting on the people in Africa like crazy with it. It's to the point now where when World Health Organization shows up, everybody runs for the bush. They don't want to be around to get stuck with anything. Well, maybe their pituitary gland hasn't been damaged and they can have their gut feelings are working properly there. They probably don't even need to read the news or hear the news, but maybe no, it has been. It's just experience. Out, you know? Yeah. And um, I, think over, I think in India, Bill Gates is wanted as a for crimes against humanity. He can't even yeah. go there. <laughs> And, and how much money is on Soros's head? If a guy could actually nab him and take him to Russia, I think they put several million dollars on his head. You know, there's Ooh. some op business opportunity there, guys. You <laughs> can commandeer a, commandeer a jet and pick, you know, these guys hang out in the Hamptons a lot. You just can go grab them, you know. Hey. <laughs> put the habeas gravius on him. Oh, man. Habeas gravius, that's good. Yeah, shoot. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, the stuff that's going on. Um, the other thing that uh, Dr. Artis brought up was in, you know, they talk about how these things are so safe for pregnant women. But during the test of the Pfizer deal, they had a thing set up that if there was a, you know, before a woman could be a part of their uh, test, they had to give a pregnancy test first. And if she was pregnant, she was kicked out of the program. And for anyone else who was uh, injected, if they were in the same room, breathing the same air or allowing if somehow or another skin contact was made between themselves and a pregnant woman, the person who was injected had to report it to Pfizer and it was considered a, um, uh, what was the word, uh, like an extreme uh, adverse event for the, for the woman and the baby. Uh, yeah. and, that, and then they had to follow that woman for six Alex. months to make sure that there weren't any problems. But they didn't have to report it to the FDA or to any of the other things because she wasn't a part of the pro the test program. Oh, interesting. Alex yeah. Jones was just inter interviewing some doctor. I was listening a little bit there, and she was exactly talking about that, something that's in mice testing. It wouldn't for, I think, three generations is all they could get it to work for, but it was exact, just rubbing up on another a mouse. They spread exactly what you're talking about. They mm -hmm. were just talking about on this interview. Yeah. Now, if these things are that safe, you know, why is it that during the testing they wouldn't let pregnant women in the test? And if anyone was in, even in the same room breathing the same air as someone who'd been injected, that was an adverse event for the woman and the baby. That tells you something. <laughs> you know, that's how these things are, uh, you know, what's going on behind the scenes and what the public is being made aware of. I mean, that's something that every, that should be on every news media everywhere but is it nope <laughs> don't hear about it anywhere except little shows like this one and a few other places um and that's that's a sad thing you know the, there's so much information out there that people just don't have a clue about and then they look down their nose on you when you don't ha you haven't taken the jab well it's up to you it's because of you that you know everybody else has to wear a mask or we can't go back to normal or whatever they want to complain about it's like, look, 
you're an idiot. <laughs> Simple as that, you know, next. But um, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it really is crazy. I'm just looking at some of the other things here. Uh, AstraZeneca vaccines cause devastating blood clots. Peer-reviewed study confirms. You think? They're just catching up. Stock up on these seven basic food items before the stuff hits the fan. Well, given the fact what we were talking about yesterday, let's see, rice, beans and canned meats, peanut butter and fruit spreads, wheat and flour, canned fruits and veggies, ready-to-eat sauces, and dry pasta. Hmm, yeah, that's not a bad list, all things considered. It's not, uh, not the best for your health, but, you know, in trying times, things get kind of rough. And this is pretty well stocked. Uh, looks like a wooden grocery store. <laughs> Man, these shelves that these people have are pretty well laid out. It's probably Mike Adams' basement or something. Uh, but that's the thing, you know, with, with what's going on, the potential for the truckers shutting things down. And when that happens, <laughs> boy, Katie, bar the door. It's going to get crazy. Because, you know. Yeah, no... supposedly. Go ahead, Brad. They're running. Supposedly they're running low on uh, toilet paper. You know, it's funny. I, when I was in Costco this morning, I went back to the back to get some toilet paper. Because um, uh, I noticed the other day when I was at church that we were running low, so I was grabbing another pack for church. And the wall was full. I mean, it was loaded, but it still had a limit one sign. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Previews of coming Don't attractions. Yeah, don't you hoard, you hoarders. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, now with the computerized system, you know, if I buy one today at this at this store, then I go, there's actually, in where I'm at, there's uh, two Costco's about the same distance from me, two different stores. Uh, one is slightly northwest, the other one's southwest. But uh, they're about the same distance away, and if I go to the first one, and buy a pack of toilet paper. If I go to the other one and try and buy a pack, they'll scan my card and say, you can't buy this. You already bought one at the other store. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you have, wow. To, you have to get somebody else in line who doesn't have one to ask them to let it go through on theirs and then pay them for it. <laughs> I've done that. I went through one time, and I got two of them. When I got up to the checkout, they said, there's a limit of one. I said, I didn't see the sign. I said, one's for me and one's for my church. And uh, they said, we'll see if that will he let you do it on his card. Sure, no problem. <laughs> so I just paid him straight, and, uh, and or actually he just ran his card, and I bought it and with that one item, and then, then he did his stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. The computer watches you. That's I'm telling you what, yeah, they, they, because it's one per day per customer or membership. And the member, the computer tracks it. Once it's on there, they they know it, and you try to scan it again somewhere else. Nope, you can't do that. <laughs> you just wait till they say, "Oh, your cholesterol level's too high. You can't have that butter." <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's that's the, that's camel under the tent. No mm -hmm. the You got that right. And that's something I don't know how many people are familiar with Catherine Albrecht. Uh, she's got a show, at least she did, I'm assuming she's still there over on Genesis Communications every day at like 4 o'clock or something Eastern. Uh, but she's big on privacy uh, against the, uh, the, the, the affinity cards at grocery stores and junk like that because that's basically what it's going to do. 
they're going to key that to your personal health records and junk. And when the time will come when, oh, you can't buy that ice cream, you can't buy that because you're overweight, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that uh, they won't let you, you know, check out with those things. It's getting, it's going to get to that point. And uh, that was something she was talking about years ago. And now it's even, even more so with all the cell phones and everything else. It's just, it's going to be, when they turn that stuff on, it's going to get crazy. But, yeah. So what's going on out in Nevada? Where oh, was... uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I knew that. I, was I figured up, you uh, did. <laughs> I up, yeah, I was looking up Albrecht because I don't think she's on uh, GCM Live anymore. But uh, to answer your question, lots of smoke. We've got forest fires over in Northern California. And it's just blowing and your way? Is, yeah, yeah, the smoke is just filling, uh, filling, uh, let's see here. See yeah, it's my it. neighborhood going up. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Oh, Robert, got your camera on. <laughs> see that, Jim? Oh, yeah. Wow. Hey, Jim. Jim. Yeah, go uh, ahead, Samuel. Is the uh, hydroxychloroquine made from grapefruit and lemon peels, is that for real? Yeah. Yeah, basically, they're just extracting the quinine. That's the. It tastes like quinine. I made some up. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> what they're doing, and um, you know, you can do that. Um, I've seen several. I mean, there's a lot of people out there on YouTube that have produced uh, little videos showing how to do it. You just take grapefruit and lemons and slice them up. Basically, you're taking the this the rind and putting it in a pot. For some reason, they say you use a glass lid. I don't know what the reason for that is, but uh, you fill it with water and you simmer it for like three hours, and then you just mm. let it cool down, pour it in, you know, like mason jars or whatnot, and take a, it's like a tablespoon a day or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can do that. You can also go to the grocery store and just stock up on tonic water because that has quinine in it. That's the active ingredient there. You just got to make sure you're getting a pure version that doesn't have anything else like, you know, um, uh, high fructose corn syrup and junk like that. But, um, yeah, you can, you can do, there's all different ways of producing that stuff. You know, the, the thing you need is what's known as a zinc ionophore. And that's the thing that gets the zinc into the cells to, to stop the uh, replication of the alleged virus. And you can use uh, quinine, you can use uh, hydroxychloroquine, you can use, uh, there's an herb called wormwood that uh, you can use for that. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, quercetin is another zinc ionophore. So, you know, you can, there's a lot of different things that you can do. If you want to go to the hassle of making the stuff up, you know, with the fruit stuff, you can do that. But you can just, you know, buy the herb or uh, wormwood, or you can, you know, buy a, uh, a quercetin supplement. And that's the same kind of thing. They both work really well. Um, according to, doc, again, this is Dr. Uh, Ryan uh, or Brian um, uh, Artis. And, uh, he's he's really big on that stuff he prefers the wormwood um the only thing i don't recall i can't remember him mentioning any kind of a dose there he recommends 100 milligrams a day of zinc uh which is pretty high uh most preparations don't have anywhere near that they might have between one and five milligrams but again he's an md who is talking about um you know, just using zinc all by itself, which being a mineral, there's a better chance it'll work. 
the thing is, is, and the other thing he's probably looking at is most preparations of zinc that you get in a grocery store are ground up rock. Uh, unlike the longevity zinc, which is plant derived, so it's much more absorbable. And planting ground up rock is not. So if you're taking 100 milligrams of zinc, uh, ground up rock, you're going to absorb maybe 10% or 10 milligrams. So basically, if you take one of uh, longevity's zinc, uh, uh, I can't remember what they call it, zinc um, immune thing it is or something like that. It's got five milligrams in it. So if you take two of those, you've got 10, which is probably about what you would get from ground up rock from the grocery store. So, uh, you know, that's something to think about. But uh, that's that's the idea behind the hydroxychloroquine is it's just a, a thing that gets the zinc into the cells. It opens the pathways so the stuff can get in. Uh, let's see, Mark says, uh, anyone who hasn't seen this video from Space Bustard, uh, titled uh, Germs, oh yeah, highly recommend you watch it. It's, it's in the uh, chat room, and it's a really good one. Uh, it's only They're not real long. Luckily, the Germs one isn't. And uh, it does a great job of breaking down the germ theory, which is exactly what it is. Um, they have, they pretty much do a great job of uh, shooting down the germ theory and the fact that uh, the bacteria are just the cleanup crew in your body and viruses are just basically fractions of bacteria that have, you know, or cells that have died and the bacteria just eat the things up. It's kind of like the old deal, you know, like I've said before, um, one person, if they, if they see fires, they see firemen at all the fires, so they just assume that the firemen are there starting fires. That's the MD approach. That's the germ theory. Well, these germ, these firemen are here, so they must be f starting all those fires. Then there's the other side where the firemen are actually putting out the fires, and that is what is they're talking about here, where the bacteria are just eating up the dead cell fragments known as viruses. Um, so the two different things, and you know the again, it's because the medical schools have been teaching the germ theory as fact when it's not it's never been proven you know it's 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 easy to go along with because it kind of makes sense on the surface but when you really get down to it you know then you start having these questions pop up like on when this whole covid crap started all the cruise ships that they're out there they had people that were um, quarantined in their staterooms for like two weeks one person got COVID, the other one didn't. And if the germ theory was real, there's no way that would have happened. Both the people would have been sick. Um, same thing, you know, when, uh, when we were young and little Johnny up the street got chicken pox, you know, every mother would send all their kids that hadn't had it yet up to play with little Johnny. But oddly enough, you know, if, if 10 kids were there, you know, six might come down with chicken pox and the other four didn't. Why would that be if the germ theory was working and, you know, just being exposed to that person with, with this highly contagious disease, you know, everybody would get it, but no. And they do a good job of explaining why that is. And, you know, their, their theories are pretty fat and functional. So anyway, uh, check that video out. If you get a chance, it's, uh, it's good to watch. And they've got, uh, Space uh, Space Busters have a lot of good videos. They've got some you know, much longer the, ones, but uh, they're good. Uh, what, what's the name again, Jim? It's called um, Germs, and the link is in the uh, chat or in the chat section right now. 
Uh, it's a long one, unfortunately. Um, this is an Odyssey link. They've all, they're also on BitChute and I think on, on Rumble as well. Um, but they've got a whole bunch. Spacebuster's got a lot of different videos, and they're all really good. Very interesting stuff, and it'll make you think. <laughs> and it gives you some, you know, some ammunition when people start talking about all this stuff. Um, well, yeah. one of the most conclusive um, things that I've ever seen or read about was when they took those those volunteers during the Spanish flu and did everything to them that they could, and they yeah. they couldn't get it to go. They couldn't get it to stick. Mm -hmm. um, what's her name? Uh, Kate uh, Kate Daly did some really good research into all that stuff. And it seems that all the places that this stuff, these outbreaks came from, uh, were around military bases where they were giving new vaccines to people. And I just saw one the other day that I haven't had a chance to view yet, but basically they're saying that only, back in 1918, the only people that died were the ones that were vaccinated. <laughs> so there's yeah, something else. Yeah, that's Eleanor McBean. You talked about her before, didn't you? That uh, wrote that book about uh, uh, the Spanish flu and how she didn't get vaccinated. And she no, it wasn't me, but I'd sure like to see it. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it was in the Telegram, uh, I thought. Uh, yeah. There's there's a lot of good stuff in Telegram. I just grab things that I find other places and put it on mine so more people can see it. But uh, As you were saying, that the majority of people who came down with the Spanish flu were the ones who was wearing the masks. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the most successful doctors took their patients, stuck them out on the porch in the mm -hmm. sunlight, huh? vitamin D3, exactly. and fresh air, and they recovered. Yep. Yep. And they were they were frowned upon at first, and then when everybody started getting better, hey, let's all let's put everybody outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. It was crazy, but Still and the thing, cool. the other thing uh, is, is, there weren't near as many people died from it. You know, they were saying fifty million. Well, it was only about one hundred and fifty thousand in the U.S., and it was politicians wow. over the years as time went by. They kept boosting the numbers just to make it sound more dramatic, and. Mm. Uh, you know, that's mm -hmm. something else that uh, I've got the, it's, it's, you have to scroll a ways, but Kate Daly and uh, she's actually, it's a, a thing she, she guest hosted the last hour of Alex Jones' show, I think it was last Tuesday or Wednesday. And uh, I got a copy of it right from there from Bandot Video. It's probably the easiest way to find it. Um, but it's, it's talking about uh, discovering the, the truth about the 1918 swine flu or something like that. Um, but she did the research going back in all the old newspapers and everything, and they were very, very accurate and specific with their numbers. They had by states how many people died, and the best she can come up with is somewhere around 150,000 in the U.S. died, which is a bad flu season. Um, but nowhere near, you know, now that they're saying, you know, 50 million worldwide, and there was probably you know, a million or more in the U.S., or I think the last thing they said was like 500,000 is what... Uh, uh, Ford said back in 75, 76 ish. So yeah, it's, uh, they just, uh, the politicians and their cronies or speech writers just take the numbers and, Oh, nobody's going to go back and check this. So we'll just boost it up and make it sound really bad. You know? <laughs> so we went from, you know, 150,000 in the U S to 500,000 and 50 million worldwide, but nowhere near as many died from it. Uh, 
it's just typical, you know, crap. Jim, I, I read that uh, the average, like, New Yorker during that period of time was jabbed uh, over 20 times. Ooh, jeez. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. And they're probably the ones that died, too. You know, the other then, thing, thing, you know, the for anybody who hasn't heard, you know, one of the big excuses that they use, even as a moron, uh, well, I won't say moron in general, he's just a moron when it comes to vaccines, uh, Alan Dershowitz um, uses the uh, Jacobson v. Massachusetts uh, case that was in the Supreme Court back in 1905 as an excuse or justification for mandatory vaccines, and that's bull. Um Basically, that case was not about forced vaccination. It was about a fine for not taking a vaccine. And Jacobson refused to take a um, smallpox vaccine, and they had a $5 fine. And $5 back then was a sizable amount compared to today. It was. And uh, he didn't want to pay it. And when the court, you know, the court screwed the pooch and ruled the wrong way, they basically ruled that he had to pay the fine, but they didn't rule that he had to be injected. He refused. He maintained his body bodily autonomy and didn't take the shot, never did, but he just had to pay the $5 fine. And, mm-hmm. you know, the court got it wrong. They should have said he doesn't need to pay the fine because that's illegal. But, you know, typical, you know, the courts were just as corrupt and, you know, pushed around back then as they are now. And, uh, but the thing, it wasn't about mandatory vaccines as much as it was about a stupid fine. And, uh, you know, so there's nothing, there's no record anywhere that says, you know, you think they have the right to force these things on you and people need to stand their ground when it comes to that. Cause that day's coming, you know, for many, it's already here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is coming. And, um, what I'm say. And you know who the the lead dog on that uh, seven to two U.S. Supreme Court decision was? You mean back in '05? Yeah. No, John I don't know. Who? And who was John, John Marshall Harlan? He was the lone dissenter on Plessy v. Ferguson. <laughs> really? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Uh, man, that's crazy. <laughs> that is. That, that is, is crazy. Oh, boy. You know, stuff you don't learn in high school history. <laughs> no, no. They, they, I, I would be surprised if they even teach history anymore, oh, let alone no. what the truth is. Nothing, nothing of substance. You know, all no. the crap that's out there now is just BS. Something that somebody made up. That's what I like so much about our Thursdays with Mike Gaddy is everything is from yeah. source documents. The funny thing is, the other day, he was, uh, I think it was the Friday show, um, he said he had been somewhere giving a class, and he was talking about how everything he does is from source documents, and some idiot said, you need to get rid of them source documents and read a history book. <laughs> what do you say to that other than next? <laughs> what a moron. Not much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Not you much. Know, history books are just nothing more than somebody's opinion. Uh, maybe it happened, maybe it didn't, but the source documents, like the letters between the people that were involved, that's, you can't get any better than that. Uh, no, no, exactly. Jim, I, I, I was talking to Ron Gibson today and, uh, I put that to him, you know, about the, uh, articles Mm -hmm. of confederation, basically, you know, that the constitution was a coup and he totally agreed. And he said, uh, 
you know, the Article Confederation are still in force. Well, yeah, they've never been repealed. Right. So that's that's the interesting thing, you know, the in order for that to happen, number one, you know, in they, in order to bring the the constitution in, they would have had to uh, be compliant with the Articles of Confederation, which they weren't, because in Article 13 of that, I think it is, every state had to agree, which didn't happen here. And the other thing is they would have had to initially, in the in the Constitution, say the Articles of Confederation and Perpetual Union are hereby repealed, <laughs> which they didn't. So, you know, we're, we've got two basic... Uh, foundational documents that are kind of existing side by side i think that'd be a good thing to talk to mike about one of these days <laughs> but you know who knows let's see here understand that you're trying to keep the conversation on track but to be clear dershowitz is an exceptional medical oh yeah exactly <laughs> an exceptional medical moron everything that matters yeah like i said when it comes to law in general he's pretty good but you know, that's what people have to realize is nobody is an expert on everything. And that idiot came on, I think it was um, Laura Ingram's show a while back and was spouting off this garbage about nobody has a right to refuse a, a vaccine during a pandemic and all this junk. And he has the right to get on a plane and make sure that everybody else is there and he'll be safe, which is not true. Uh, he's just freaked out by it. And he's scared to death, so he's making his uh, remarks fit his uh, paranoia. But, um, yeah, it's crazy. Let me see what else is here. According to the original 13th Amendment, he doesn't have citizenship, period. (laughs) Could be. Uh, I don't know what his status is, where he was born or anything. But, uh, you know, he's, when it comes to this stuff... He's he's about like Fauci, <laughs> worthless. If his lips are moving, you know he's lying. Oh goodness gracious, man! Where were we at? Twenty twenty four minutes to go. So who else oh, had death something? Or profit. What's that? Death or profit. Yep. That's yeah, it. That's basically what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely. I mean, I mean, for me, that's um, you know, it's it's like where where are all the adults? You know, <laughs> I'm, you know I'm, I'm just so sick of this i could just puke you know oh i know i mean i mean i mean my god you know it's like you know, it's it's like you know you, you can't even have an adult conversation with people because you know it's 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 my way or the highway yeah and that's the thing they don't you know they call you a science denier when they haven't looked at any real science at all they're just listening to the crap that's being spewed by the liars on the idiot box and they think that's the truth. I watch CNN. I know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Don Lemon said, Chris Cuomo said. Yeah, oh, and, yeah. And, 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 you know, anybody who, who doesn't have any kind of a background in this or any kind of, or isn't educated in this at all. Oh, yeah. Right? It's, you know, don't they realize how silly they look or sound? No, they don't. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah, they they're like self-righteous, virtue-signaling you know, idiots. idiots. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Social yeah. justice warriors, you know. It's, every time I turn my TV on, I want to just, you know, either throw something at it or, or, or shoot the dude that's on the screen. Yeah. You know, I'm just sick of it. 
I'm getting to the point where the only time I put my TV on is when I'm live streaming something through my phone, through my Apple TV to it, to play, make a bigger screen of my video that I've got from whatever. <laughs> but every, every time I see resident hiding on my screen, I, ba- I basically make a little pistol with my, with my hand and shoot the screen. Yeah. My buddy used to have a, uh, a little, that, my buddy used to have a Nerf gun that he would shoot the screen with darts and I need to get one of those. Yeah. I'm even starting to do that with like Laura Ingraham and you know, those <laughs> people too, because it's like, you know, they're all just, you know, it's like, it's like, it just sounds like one giant bitch session is really, it's, what it it's basically, like. it's rat poison. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, a little bit of truth and a whole bunch of lie and yeah, you know. it, it's like, yeah, you know, where, where are all the adults in this? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, it's like we're being led by a bunch of little, you know, it's like, well, you know, if you don't uh, want to play my way, I'm just going to take my toys and go home, you know, kind of thing. It's like, hey, look, people, yep. you know, it's a, it's a two-way conversation. And if you, don't, if you aren't willing to have that, then shut the hell up. Yeah, it, it, it's mo- mostly all lies. It's like uh, every time I turn it on and they're, even the radio, uh, AM or something like that, you know, the, all, the only, only people in the hospitals are the unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know how they do that. The, the hospitals are setting it up so that when people are admitted, they ask them if they've been injected. If they say yes, then the then the rule is they're not tested. If they say no, then they are tested with the with the cycles turned up on the machine to give a, a positive result. And that way, they can say everybody coming in is vaccinated because they're not testing the ones that are that have all or, or is unvaccinated because they're not testing the people that are they're skewing the numbers based on all that crap and then they're also telling people if it says vaccinated on their chart to scratch it out and put unknown if they're symptomatic so they're they're skewing the numbers you know as usual cooking the books to make it look fit their narrative when in fact we all know the other places are being honest about it you know, in the in Australia, ninety some percent of everybody in the hospital has been injected fully. Same thing with the UK, and uh, same thing here. But they're just not reporting it as such. Uh, you know, and even if they did, the news media would turn it around and say the opposite anyway. They don't care. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So do we have to shoot our way out of this? Is that what it's going to amount to? Pretty much, and that's I mean, the thing. You know, that's the trouble is people are sitting around now waiting for someone else to do something. And as a result, we're going to find ourselves, we're going to wake up one day just like happened in Greece. You know, they went to bed free and they woke up slaves uh, overnight. And the only way out of it is to shoot your way out. You can vote yourself into tyranny or, you know, socialism, but you got to shoot your way out of it. That's the whole point. We didn't vote our, we didn't vote our way in. In the first. Place. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We fake voted our way in. Yeah. <laughs> like, who are these people, man? I'll tell you what. It's getting crazy. And I don't know what's going to happen, but. Something along those lines, though. I mean, uh, you know, since we're talking about this, this COVID thing, I sent you a couple of uh, videos I thought were somewhat relevant to this. Um, you know, uh, I think it was on Stu Peters where uh, I think it was Dr. Uh, what's her name ruby yeah yeah i think it was dr ruby was talking about um the uh uh how the how red blood cells are sticking together and all that yeah yeah i've and, seen that uh, and that just you know it kind of triggered me because i had seen some videos uh, a couple of years ago 
on earthing or grounding, which I do anyway. But, um, you know, uh, in those videos, they actually talk about how if you if you're grounding, those red blood cells uh, go back to like normal. Mm -hmm. They're nice and round. And there's a distance between them. Yeah. Right. So yeah, they don't clump myself, up. I wonder, you know, if somebody was grounding or earthing, right, if that would separate those red blood cells. Hard to say. It's possible. Um, I, you know, the trouble is, is when you've taken one of those injections, then there's a active chemical process that's causing it to, causing them to stick together. And the question is whether or not the earthing uh, would alleviate that process and stop it and get things back yeah. to normal. You, you, yeah, just, you just have just to test it to and see. All, it leads to all kinds of questions. I mean, it leads to, you know, does this affect the, uh, the normal, uh, you know, uh, negative millivolt? Mm -hmm. uh, I think, believe it's anywhere from negative 25 to negative 75 that your cell operates at, you know? Does yeah. that have any, you know, does this shot, is that affecting, you know, the normal uh, operating voltage of the cell? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's all questions that the only way to know is to do the experimentation and see what happens. Uh, you right. want to take the shot so we can get some of your blood and. <laughs> right, right. But I, I, I just throw these out there because, you know, for me, I, I just, I think to myself, you know, hey, look. You know, so since we're, you know, being uh, faced with this, I mean, the least we could do is, you know, I mean, use all the arrows in the quiver. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Um, that's why I keep saying number one all the way along, keep yourselves healthy. The best way to do that is through the 90 essential nutrients. You know, you give your body the, the good stuff and you stay away from the bad stuff, including the injections and anyone that's had one, and you're going to be a lot better off. Uh, the good news is, is uh, there was another um, video I had that I saw this morning that was really, really interesting, um, and he was basically talking about the, um, oh shoot, people that have had these things are going to be dying and everything, and we're going to have to deal with it and all that kind of stuff, and then around, you know, going along with it. I wish I could find that here real quick. Um, I don't know where these things go i know it's in here i could have swore i posted it oh that was on another page <laughs> it was on my laptop downstairs and i don't think i have it up here um but uh this guy is a fryer <laughs> i mean he doesn't make chicken but uh he's one he's a catholic priest kind of guy that walks around in the brown robe with a hoodie um so some of the stuff he was saying was kind of uh uh romanist related but uh, there were some things he was saying that were actually pretty interesting um, and straightforward, commonsensical. Um, if I can find it here real quick, I think it'd be fun to listen to. Uh, where uh, yeah, that's where it was. There it is. Um, do do do. Should be on this page. Here it is. How long is this? Is that's like six minutes or something? Check this out. It's pretty straightforward. If I can get it to play. Huh. It's taking his time. It should just play automatically. Well, come on. Here we go. Those making these vaccines know these vaccines will kill you. They know science. They're not stupid. When you spend billions of dollars to build a factory to produce vaccines, you have enough scientists to know that antibody priming will kill you. 
And we have to face the reality of what's going on, that this is the intention. The intention is to exterminate humanity. Somewhere around uh, nearly 2 billion people, I hear it say, have been vaccinated. Now, according to Montagnier, anyone who has taken these vaccines that prime your immune system to react excessively the next time you run into a coronavirus, these all will be dead in two years. In the next two years, we will see 2 billion people die on Earth. If you're in a state like some of my relatives where 85% of the people are vaccinated, everyone on your street will be dead, except you who haven't taken it and the others who haven't taken it. And uh, as an anthropologist, I, I feel um, strongly motivated to tell you also as a friar that you now you have to start preparing yourself spiritually for this. Because some people are going to uh, be so shocked by it that they're going to lose their minds they're going to lose their faith. They're going to ask, where is God? And why did not God not prevent it? But you know, when a man throws him off the, uh, self off a cliff, is God obliged to stop the laws of gravity to prevent him from dying from it? Uh, anyone with a brain had enough time to examine the scandemic and see that it was false. As Christians, we're obliged to test everything to see if it's true or not and hold fast only to what is good. If in a year you didn't practice that and you went and ran off to get the jab so that you could go traveling or not get offended or do something like that, you're an idiot and you're a coward and you don't live according to the truth. Truth can't ignore it if you are a person of uh, who's objective and looks at, hey, he has a Nobel Award in science. He says so. All the experiences with coronaviruses say so. And therefore, the conclusion seems almost certain. And we are living now in like the summer of 1914 before the First World War broke out. No one had an idea that in the next um, three, four years, 20 million people would be killed in Europe because of a war. There was a summer in which people still enjoyed traveling around Europe and peace. And this is the summer they've given to deceive you. That's why almost all the controls are disappearing in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, because they want you to think there's nothing wrong. Because they know you're going to die as soon as you get the coronavirus. Now, th if you haven't been vaccinated, uh, this is not going to happen to you. However, if a third of the people in the world are die in one year or one winter or two winters, there's going to be serious disruptions of the economy, <laughs> national security, and uh, your neighborhood. Um, first of all, there aren't enough ambulances to take away the dead. There's not enough morticians to take away the dead. Most of these people have taken the vax, and they too will be dead. So as Christians, we have to uh, look at, <coughs> um, we have to step forward, I think, and uh, uh, fill the breach and the gap. Uh, you should, uh, I recommend everyone to buy a hazmat suit because you, it is highly likely that you will be asked to help carry the dead to the grave. When this number of people die, they're going to be digging huge mass graves in cemeteries and just throwing the bodies in in body bags. And they'll probably run out of body bags. And so someone has to pick up the bodies and move them. And when they're dead, and um, that can be a cause of infection because bodies corrupt, they rot, and all kinds of things get on them. And um, as Christians, this is a duty we have. Burying the dead is a work of mercy, even if the person was damned, okay? And um, 
uh, let's hope and pray now that the people, as they get sick, start repenting of what they did so that at least they die in the state of grace. And we need to be near and close and friendly to our relatives who have taken the vac. So in the last hours, they know they have someone there to tell them the truth and save their soul. But we have to um, take issue with that. Uh, what the best scientists say is most likely going to happen. Uh, John the Apostle has warned us about it. And um, now that uh, humanity has been deceived and followed the false teachings of the globalists, they're going to suffer the penalty of it. And um, this is going to be a very terrible age. It's going to be the darkest age of humanity uh, in our entire history. It's going to be uh, a, a tremendous uh, catastrophe that um, a lot of people will not have uh, the strength of character to sustain. Let us remain calm. Let us continue to say our rosary every day. Let us pray to God and um, let us practice the um, detachment from judging people because they're sick, okay? So what I mean by judging the person is you show mercy to a person even if he's a sinner, okay? And if a person's dying, you show pity on them. Now, if these people start dying and start saying we are the fault and become violent, then we must flee where we are so we don't get killed. And we're not obliged to help people dying who are hostile to us and might hurt, harm, or um, do um, physical violence upon us. Uh, let's hope that's not comes, but um, if you want to get an idea of what kind of chaos breaks out when this many people drop dead, I highly recommend reading um, Tuchman's um, uh, um, uh, work on the, third, on the Black Death. I think she called it um, a, a mirror of history or something like that, the 13th century. Uh, she wrote a book on it, Tuchman. And I read that uh, years ago as an anthropologist. I'm very interested. I've always been interested in what happens in society when mass plagues break out. And um, don't be scandalized that, that uh, priests run away from churches and won't bring the last sacraments, that people betray their most loved ones and run off and won't care for them in the last hours. Uh, the people who die having taken the vax are not dying of a plague that is contagious to you. If you have not been vaccinated, they won't have a disease that can infect you. But as their um, health breaks down, it is possible some of them might get other diseases, but it, it, that's not what happened. They're going to die from an excessive immunity reaction. And so it's not a black death and you cannot catch it. So don't freak out. Remain calm. Uh, that if, if five people in your household have been vaxxed and not you, they may all die, but the fact that they die, what they die of is the dying of a virus that your body's already ident identified, resisted, and has immunity to. So, um, um, what else can we do for these people? There are some therapies that can stay the uh, reaction, and I mean, so they don't have such a strong reaction. But those medicines are going to run out quickly, so find out what they are and leave some show notes. I, I don't have information, but you comment on this video and leave the notes which those medicines are. Uh, it's not clear whether these people have to take these for the rest of their life. Probably will, because if they don't, any winter they get a coronavirus, they're going to drop dead again. Um, the people who have taken the vax, they've already probably suffered from heart inflammation, even if they don't know it. So their hearts are weaker, so mo a lot of them will die of heart attacks. And um, a lot of them will die in despair because a lot of these people are so proud they won't admit that they did it. 
And when the deaths start happening and it becomes undeniable that it's the people vaccinated who are dying, these people are going to get really angry and uh, they're going to start, uh, I think, riots in big cities and we might see the fall of governments because they're going to kill these politicians and journalists and doctors who did this to them before they drop dead themselves. So we might be seeing a lot of mayhem, a lot of civil disorder. So I highly recommend you do what Christ says at the end of time, flee the city, go to the countryside and um, uh, defend yourself, arm yourself. And um, while it would be very useful for now, you ask all your neighbors if they've been vaccinated or not and make a little private list who has and who has not and whether they're hostile to those who have refused it or not because that's going to be important information you're going to need that in times of crisis. If, for example, if you're attacked at your house and need to flee somewhere, you have to know where there's a friendly place to flee. Don't flee to a house where you don't know if they're friendlies or not. They might uh, turn you into authorities who, them, and who, and who are blaming people like us for the deaths when it's actually because they didn't listen to us that they're dying. This has been a very sober um, Twilight Zone kind of uh, video, but I feel I need to make it because you, my benefactors, uh, merit the full truth. Uh, someone's going to tell it to you. No one's going to tell you to this starkly because I believe that the truth is our best defense and our greatest weapon and ally. And um, we need to start preparing this summer because when the flu season comes, the chaos. Yeah, when flu season comes, the chaos begins. And. Uh interesting stuff you know it's uh he pretty much paints a picture what we can expect to see at least in a worst case scenario i'm just wondering hard how long to believe it'll be even going there isn't it what's that it's hard to believe we're even going there isn't it yeah you know if uh, if anybody had said that you know a year two years ago that this is what it's going to be like in you know in uh, august of 2021 most people said, "Ah, oh, you're crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> yeah. And now the fact that we're even talking about it, they still say we're crazy and we're conspiracy theorists. You know, basically every conversation we have is going to be, you know, oh, you're mm -hmm. a conspiracy theorist. Yep, exactly. It's just, uh, you know, but it's reality. And the time comes when it's no longer a theory. It's a proven conspiracy. And uh, most people, because of their cognitive dissonance, you know, refuse to accept it. They won't believe it. And they'll just, you know, run right off the cliff like a good little lemming uh, without ever understanding what the truth was. And uh, God help them. <laughs> you know? and, and I'm sitting here thinking about how ticked off I am. But I'm thinking to myself, you know, these people down in Australia, imagine how ticked off they are, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, these are adults, you know, and they're being treated like slaves and, and, you know, like kids or whatever, you know. It's like, oh, do what we say. It's like, we're not going to do what you say, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. But it is. And, uh, you know, I feel sorry for the folks in Australia right now. They, they allowed them, and their biggest problem was, you know, 10, 12 years ago, whenever it was, they allowed themselves to be disarmed. Now, virtually everybody except the folks out in the country in the back outback are totally unarmed and can't do anything. Um, you know, they're they're issuing arrest warrants for somebody, a guy, a 27-year-old guy that went out of his house, was walked into an elevator that no one else was in and sneezed without covering his face. 
and he's public enemy number one. Unbelievable. (laughs) You know, that's the kind of stupidity that they're going through down there. For a bogus disease that has a recovery rate of (laughs) 99.97%. Seems to me the only way around this then is basically to... You know, you, you storm those, you know, you storm the Capitol, you storm, you know, you storm your state Capitol, you know, you storm the UN, you mm-hmm. know, you storm Pfizer, you know what I mean? You have to, it seems to me that's the only way to, to get their attention. But first you got to make sure that all the military, National Guard and police are educated and that's happening. There's, there's a major riff right now between, you know, in the military, between those who are, have common sense and those who don't. Um, I just, I didn't have time to play it today, but uh, I got a really, really good video of a captain in the LA fire department in California that, uh, yesterday was about 10 minutes long. And this guy is livid and he's sick of everything that's going on. He can't stand what's happening to, he's worked there for 31 years, used to love coming to work. And all of that stuff has gone down the tubes now because of the stupidity that these, you know, even his union is buying into um it's just a real shame but unfortunately uh we're just about out of time and i do appreciate everybody sticking around today um it's a good turnout and uh hopefully we will that see is something. unfortunate do a third hour <laughs> <laughs> oh my dogs wouldn't like that i have to as soon as i'm done here i have to go get uh, their dinner for them or they bite me <laughs> But anyway, you guys take care of yourselves. Take care of your bodies because it's the only place you have to live. And we will be back tomorrow with Mike Gaddy and hopefully Brad Peoples. Be a good time had by all. We'll see you soon. Take care and God bless.